everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera, wrapping up the week in a very frigid way. Boy, it's cold outside. Mercy me. It is cold out there. It's going to get even colder in the next couple of days. Man. Man, I don't like this weather. Woo, get me back to that warm weather. At least give me 55. Woo, man. I'm telling you, it's brutal out there. That's why this Latin music kind of makes it, makes it seem a little like the Caribbean. <laughs> it makes it seem like we're by a beach somewhere. So I'm going to keep the music up a little bit longer. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I uh, appreciate all the support. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the podcast. Today's topic, an obvious one. J.J. Watt is no longer a member of the Houston Texans. I can't believe I just said that sentence, but that's where we're at as uh, Watt and the Texans have mutually agreed to part ways, allowing J.J. to find himself a new team, allowing J.J., a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, to find a place where he can go win a championship because Houston is nowhere close to winning a title, that's for sure. It's a wild day. It's a wild moment. I woke up this morning. As I've said before, I try not to check my phone immediately when waking up. But look, today is Friday. I I wanted to check my phone because I wanted to log on to Disney Plus and watch the new episode of WandaVision. But when I turn on my phone after waking up, I get a bunch of text messages. I woke up at around 9 o'clock this morning. That's kind of late for me with two kids. Waking up around 9 is <laughs> is actually a huge success. Uh, yesterday, we celebrated my son's birthday. He turns 4, so we had a little bit of a party. It was kind of a crazy day, a lot of things going on. He had a fantastic afternoon. It was a Paw Patrol birthday. I was tired, slept in a little bit. Checked my phone, and boom, a bunch of text messages from work, from friends, saying, oh my gosh, you have something to talk about on the podcast today, <laughs> which I do, but... Little did I know it was JJ saying that he was leaving because, you know, you see the text messages on their phone before you unlock it. So I open Twitter, see what's going on. The first video that pops up is JJ Watt announcing to Houston and to the rest of the NFL that he's no longer going to be a Texan. I wanted to do this on video uh, as opposed to putting out a statement or doing a press conference or anything like that because I want you guys to hear it directly from me. I want to speak directly to you in the city of Houston, um, so you can hear the words straight from my mouth. Um, I have sat down with the McNair family and I have asked them for my release and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time. Uh, I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before. And now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. Um, the way that you guys have treated me, besides draft night, I mean, you guys booed me on draft night, but uh, every day after that, you treated me like family. And I truly feel like you're my family. Um, since that day, I have tried to do everything in my power to work and earn your respect and try and make you proud on and off the field. Um, you guys have given me everything and more, and I can only hope that you feel like I've given you everything I have. Um, the city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. Um, it's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates. Um, I've had incredible coaches and training staff and equipment staff and cafeteria workers and the weight room staff and uh, the front office people and people on the streets, people in restaurants and grocery stores and showing up in my house. Um, 
The connection is special, and I will never, ever take that for granted because I know how rare it is. Um, I'm excited and looking forward to a new opportunity, and I've been working extremely hard. Um, but at the same time, it is, it is always tough to move on. And uh, I just want you guys to know that I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the McNair family for giving me, uh, drafting me and giving me my first opportunity in the NFL. Thank you, Houston. I love you. That video leaves you in shock and disbelief that this is actually going on right now. Uh, you, you just couldn't fathom that a guy that has meant so much for this team, that has done so much for this team, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, is no longer going to be wearing that Texans uniform. And honestly, I mean, it's the perfect way for J.J. to go out here in Houston. Complete class act from the very moment that he got here to the very moment that he's leaving, saying to the fan base that he's leaving, not by some press release like he mentioned, not some other way leaking it through the press and reports and all that. He just went to Twitter directly and was talking to the folks. And, you know, not a lot of people do that these days. Not a lot of people want to put things in their own words. But J.J. Watt has been real with the city since he got here. Through all the ups and downs of everything that has happened with this uh, team, he's been the one constant uh, the last 10 years, and he wanted to tell Houston himself what what he means, what, what this city means to him. Just pure class, man. Like, you watch that video, and everybody around the NFL saying the same thing. You watch that video, and it's just complete class from a guy who will never be forgotten in this city, a guy who transcends the sport that he plays. And, you know, there, the rumor was that th that that last time that we saw him off the field, walking off the field with Deshaun Watson, would be the last time we saw him in a Texans uniform. I, I, I thought that it was going to be. I really didn't think that J.J. would be sticking around, especially, you know, he's getting up there in football years, Still a young guy, but in football years, he's gotten up there. Um, he's healthy. He played pretty well this season, all despite the fact that he was triple team, double team, every single game. He had no help on defense. He had a pretty good season. Picked up his 100th career sack. He's got a lot left in the tank, that's for sure. And I, I just, as he walked off the field, I just had this feeling that I don't think we would be seeing him anymore. Obviously, the hope was that the Texans were going to figure some things out with Deshaun. But, but by this point, we didn't even know what the offseason was going to look like, right? These two guys walking off the field, my, my guess was that J.J. was never going to come back. I never would have assumed, never would have anticipated the circus that has become Deshaun Watson's ordeal over there with the Texans. But I think the moment where everything really went south with this team and things officially have gone south. I mean, J.J. Watt is not being traded He's not leaving because, you know, there were situations and um, and it, it was out of his control. That's not why he's leaving. He's leaving because he's choosing to leave. You heard him say he approached the McNair family saying he wants his release of the team. So he's leaving because he wants to leave. That's how far south this situation with the Texans have gotten because it's really – it's really hard to believe. And my guest today is Brian T. Smith, Houston Chronicle columnist. I've had him on before. We dive into this a little bit more. But it's so hard to believe that this situation has gotten so bad. 
I mean, this has now become a true dumpster fire. I mean, Cal McNair came out today. He said he wishes uh, J.J. well. Janice McNair actually released a statement, too. Um, But then he also addressed the situation with Deshaun Watson, saying there was a lot of misinformation. Look, I don't care what he thinks about misinformation. The perception of the team is in the toilet right now. This is Florida Marlins-esque. Like, this is burn everything to the ground and start over. This did not need to be a full rebuild. We talked about it before. It didn't have to be this way. We saw reports come out during the season that there was some tension behind the scenes with the whole Jack Easterby nonsense and all the Sports Illustrated article coming out. All that stuff was there. But this did not need to be a full rebuild. And I really do believe the moment where this really fell apart was when the Texans went and hired Nick Casario. Not Nick Casario's fault, but when they went ahead and did not listen to the um, the search firm looking for a new general manager, new coach, and then they went ahead and hired Nick Casario, who was Easterby's buddy, that sent a true message to everybody in that building. And I'm talking not just to Sean, not just J.J. Team President Jamie Roots was not happy with that decision. That sent a message that says, look, we don't care what anybody in this building thinks. We're going to do it our way. And frankly, for Cal McNair to keep saying over and over that, you know, this is a championship mindset that we have. We're going to build a contender. We're going to do all sorts of stuff to uh, further the legacy that J.J. had created. I mean, you're at this point, you know, the fan base is not stupid. Like, you cannot say that stuff with a straight face and do all the things that you're doing. I mean, people are mad. People are pissed off at the Texans, and rightfully so. Like, what? Like, why? Why would anybody have any faith in this group moving forward that they're going to do the right things? Like, they have a coach that clearly has no decision-making powers. They've hired his whole staff, so they've just hired a 65-year-old coach with no head coaching experience, no coordinator experience in the NFL, to be the guy to lead this rebuild. I mean, why would anybody believe that this group could do this? And then Cal McNair continues to insist that Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. Well, I'm sorry, read the room, sir. Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback. Yeah, he may be on paper. He may be the quarterback on paper, but he's not the quarterback. He doesn't want to be here anymore. And you keep kidding yourself that the that this is a situation that can be fixed right away, that you're going to build a chance. This is now a true rebuild. We're not just tweaking some things. Like why, At this point, why are you even keeping Deshaun around? Seriously, if you're going to let everybody go, and for the record, I think they did the right thing in letting J.J. go and letting him choose where he wants to be. This is the first time in J.J.'s career that he's going to have true free agent possibilities. He's going to get to choose where he wants to play. So good on them for doing that. But why would you keep Deshaun? There's very little talent around him. The roster's not good. I mean, you've got a couple of pieces on offense, like Laramie Tunsil's still there, you think. Uh, He's making a lot of money. I mean, you've got some nice young offensive linemen that can maybe grow and build within the new system. But what's the system? Like David Culley's system? Is that something that people can buy into? No. Is that something other players can buy into? Like, now the perception around the league, you see J.J. asking to leave. A guy 
of J.J. Stature, first ballot Hall of Famer, all the stuff that he's accomplished. He's asking to leave. He does not want to be here anymore. He loves the city with all his heart, but he does not want to play for the city's team anymore. He's had it. And my, for me, I think when I, when I got the sense that J.J. didn't want to be here anymore was that Bengals game. When he came out, not only did he give that impassioned speech afterwards about how the team was trash and people keep showing up and how can people not be motivated to play, that whole stuff, but just the, the body language during the game. And there were some moments during the season where you just kind of you could just see him kicking himself and just asking himself, what in the world is going on here? But the perception around the league now of the Texans is in the toilet. They don't have any first-round picks or second-round picks. They have like eight or nine picks later in the draft. You, you need to trade Deshaun Watson now. Like you have to trade him. This is this is the the time where if you're going to rebuild this thing, and that's exactly what it is. Now is the time to trade Watson. There are pieces. There are teams that have draft capital available to trade away for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Three first-round picks. That way, you can get a first-round pick this year. Next year, when you're terrible, you can get another first-round pick, and then you'll probably have the number one pick in the draft. So, like, now's the time to move on. You need to get you need to get out from underneath this situation. And there's just no faith, and I, I just feel terrible for the fan base, honestly. Like, why, why would anybody have the belief that this Texans leadership, as it's currently constituted, is able to fix this. Jack Easterby? Really? Nick Casario, I'm willing to give him some time. Obviously, he's a respected guy in the league, but he keeps leaning into Jack Easterby and what he wants to do. And I mean, that is just toxic. To have a guy like that is toxic. They are firing everybody. This week, we saw Jamie Roots leave. They let go of a longtime equipment manager who's close to Deshaun Watson, other guys that have been there for a long time. Like, this is bad. Like, this is a really bad situation, and I just feel awful for this. Like, this team is not going to be good for many years to come. Like, this this is where we're at. This situation is that the Texans are going to be bad for a long time, especially if they trade Watson. Now, if Watson stays, maybe he changes his tune and he'll want to play. I don't think so at this point. Why would he Why would he want to stay? He hasn't even talked to the head coach yet. And the guy's been on the job for several weeks. He hasn't even talked to the guy, reportedly, allegedly. Why would Watson want to stay? And if you want to keep Watson and you're going to let these possible trade partners just go by the wayside, you're going to wait around to see if he wants to play? But why is he going to play? You're not going to win anything. The defense is terrible. I mean, there are so many pieces that need to be added to this team why keep Watson at this point? And look, today is all about J.J. Watt. Cal McNair said that, and I'm, you know, maybe got off on a tangent there. But J.J.'s departure and the way he left and the message that he said that he left by saying he didn't want to be here anymore, he actually told the team that he wanted his release, sends a clear message of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to bring in Brian T. Smith. He and I talked about this situation. We kind of dive into this a little bit more with the whole Easterby, Casario, Watt's future, and we kind of put into perspective what J.J. Watt means. And on the other side of this, I'm going to kind of give my two cents on J.J. too. So here's Brian T. Smith, columnist for the Houston Chronicle. Well, Brian, your instant reaction to J.J. Watt uh, and the Texans mutually pardon ways. My instant reaction. My instant reaction is that 
it is expected, but it is still absolutely stunning. I mean, just, just seeing the news break this morning, I want to say I had literally sat down on the couch. I had walked the dog. The dog was doing great, even though it's cold outside. I had refreshed Twitter. I was actually, I'm working on this really big Deshaun Watson story for Sunday and Sunday's Chronicle. I refreshed Twitter and some, you know, somewhere in the jumble of words, it was like JJ Watt cut release. And I checked our work email and Aaron Wilson had a blog in. And I was just like, oh my gosh, here we go again. I mean, this, this number one, it's a billionth time. This, this has happened in Houston sports in the last uh, 15 months, right? I don't even remember George Springer going to Canada. I don't remember James Harding getting traded and, you know, gaining 40 pounds and partying without a mask. I don't remember the Astros cheating scandal. Every day there's something new. In some ways, though, and I know this will be topped in a few months, probably when Deshaun Watson gets traded, but in some ways this is the biggest news because it's J.J. Watt, because it's the Texans, because every time you think, you know, there's a new low, Jamie Root's resigning after 20 years and basically saying, I'm out of here, I'm done, I've had enough, there's a new low. This was going to happen, Daniel. It made sense financially. It made sense, obviously, for J.J. Watt's future, but it's still stunning to know that it's over this abruptly between the player who rivals Andre Johnson as the greatest Texan. J.J. Watt will go into the Hall of Fame, I expect, on the first ballot. Um, he's the most famous Texan in Texan history. You think of Hurricane Harvey, everything that he, he did, he was great on the field, he was great off the field, and then boom, it's over. We'll talk about JJ here in a second, but first, kind of let's uh, dissect the uh, the current state of the team. Like I'm sure you do with many people asking you all the time. Uh, the question that I get always is, how do they let it get to this point? And I, I frankly, I, I don't, I don't really have an answer. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know man. how Cal McNair and the leadership over there have allowed this franchise to be in the position that they're in right now. It's, it's really, truly stunning to me. It is. And, you know, for the first time, I, I want to say that I made it the last two or three years with everything going on, right? You know, King Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins being traded, Jadavian Clowney being devalued, traded at the wrong time. I think I made it through all that and everything I've written in the Chronicle and said on radio and TV without ever mentioning Janice McNair's name. Um, I, and I said this on radio earlier this week, and I'll say it right here. You know, it's, it's, it's unfair. It's not like she's running the day-to-day -day operations. Um, she's, she's been great in the community. I've, I've never heard a bad thing about her. So I'm not going to sit there and be some bleep bleep columnist and, you know, da -da 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 Janice McNair. That's, that's, I try not to do that. But I, I mentioned her this week, uh, and this was with the Jamie Roots resignation, because you, at some point, somebody has to reach Cal, and it's and painfully clear right now that nobody can. Maybe it'll eventually be her. Not that J.J. Watt would be the tipping, tipping, tipping point, but the Deshaun Watson trade request should be. Jamie Root's resigning because Jack Easterby got in the middle of everything too many times. That should be it. And it's clear that nobody right now can reach Cal, or, or that if they can, he has the wrong people in his ear. I mean, they go through all this, and this was a small thing, but it's very symbolic. And then when you hire your character coach, he basically has his job, his path in the NFL because of Jack Easterby. It looks like blatant um, 
nepotism. It looks like you you don't care. You don't care if it's scorched earth, scorched earth, and there are insanely negative uh, Sports Illustrated, you know, takedowns. And Deshaun wants out, and JJ doesn't want to play for you anymore because he knows that the team's basically a lost cause in the next couple of years. They they don't they don't care. They, like, they don't. Care. So I guess they don't, so, they don't get it. So yeah. So so I guess that leads me to. Sorry to cut you off, but I guess just no, kind of leads ahead. me to my next point. Like, what is the motive then? Like, I, I've I've really tried to wrap my head around what is going on. It's not. It's you know there are there are teams like we've seen in the past. We've seen in the past. We've seen teams just kind of okay trade away stars. Okay, we've realized we're going to rebuild. But this is like a burn to the ground type of moment for this franchise. This this is beyond what we've seen. I think with other franchises, especially in the NFL, but in other sports too. It's that's a great question. You know, and I, I've written several times before, and this was more pre Brock Osweiler, like when it was. Uh, Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer, and, and I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was their first hand-picked quarterback after they went 2-14. and 14. Uh, They didn't invest in the draft, on and on. I wrote many times, you know, what's the plan? Okay, okay, Bob, what's the plan? The plan was ultimately, and it took them way too darn long, and that, you know, ruined J.J. Watt's career with the Texans, if, you're, if we're talking about winning a Super Bowl, but the plan ultimately, it's very clear, was, okay, we had a great defense, which they did. They had a great defense for several years. Yep. And then we will stumble into our quarterback. That that didn't work. They went, they foolishly went all in with Osweiler and just gave him a bunch of money, hoping he would be okay. And I will ultimately put that on Bob McNair and Rick Smith. And that led them to drafting Deshaun Watson. And then you draft Deshaun Watson, you give Bill O'Brien too much power. That screws that all up. And now we're at this point to where – it's basically the Cal McNair, Jack Easterby Texans. Neither of them have any experience ever winning anything in the NFL with a little Nick Casario thrown in. He just started on the job. So what is the plan? There's no Jeff Luno right now. There's no Daryl Morey right now. There's no feel, Daniel, that they even know where they're going. I mean, I'm sure they've had conversations, but they haven't come out and said or leaked out, hey, you know what? We are tearing this to the ground. We'll be great in three years because we have the first pick in the draft. They don't have any picks in the draft in the first two rounds. Like, no, they don't. And I I think that's nonsensical. So, I mean, I guess you trade Watson and then you draft the second best available quarterback. I wouldn't trade Watson to Jacksonville. I don't want to play him two to three times a year, potentially in the same division when, when you, you know, you can ask yourself, but right now, as we speak, they're falling apart on the field. They're falling apart off the field. They can't control the message. And here's the kicker, Daniel. They can't. They don't even know how to spin the message because because they're so messed up inside. Well, that yeah, I think that that's the biggest problem. I mean, I, and we we forgot to mention they they let go of their their PR director too, yeah. because she was not right, a cultural. Right, right. They, they they can't do PR, but they also fired their PR director. Figure that one out for me. Yeah, exactly. And I. I I think for me, the, the part that really frustrates fans, and after this, we'll get into JJ a little bit and his legacy, but um, the thing that frustrates me is the fact that this, this continued message of, oh, hey, we're committed to excellence and we're committed to, guys, not, guys no, you're, you're not. I mean, a third grader can figure this out. Like a four-year-old son can probably figure this out. I've, I've never, Houston fans are, are great. Uh, Houston fans are smart. They know their baseball. They, they know their basketball. They definitely know their football. I've never seen Houston fans look smarter than in the last, you know, year, especially the last two or three months. Like they have nailed this. Now they obviously read the Chronicle and, and, you know, listen to the radio and watch the news, 
um, jokingly, but they have nailed this. <laughs> they were ahead of the Jack Easterby curve before Fire Easterby was a thing. They didn't believe in Cal when Bob was still running the team. The, that, that's, that's how bad the Texans are run right now to where they, they are so woefully inefficient and mismanaged and misguided. And here's the kicker. They're still arrogant. They still yeah. say, yeah. you know, yeah. we're committed to excellence when they're stealing that slogan from the old Al Davis Raiders and don't even, aren't even smart enough to know that you shouldn't steal NFL slogans when <laughs> you go know, four and 12. Um, they don't have a plan. They are horrible as an organization at PR because Jack Easterby runs their PR. But Daniel, then when they make official comments in the press releases, it's like, we're committed to championships. Brick Very tone deaf. It's total, you, know, total. Um, you know, we're going to do great things for the city of Houston. That You don't say that when you're doing this. You should maybe yeah. just try to be like, we're going to try to win eight games in two years and hopefully can draft somebody at quarterback after we trade Deshaun Watson, you know, that, that, that gives you some hope again. You don't, you don't do all this and then say, we are committed to winning championships. You are, you are the exact opposite. And finally, I know you got to go. One, one quick question on, uh, on JJ, obviously his impact on the field. I, you know, I've said about JJ, there are very few athletes that transcend the sport that they play. And, um, and I think he falls definitely in that category with what he means to this city. Yeah, so let's let's be positive, and and before we get out of here, because um, I it's nice to be positive about the Texans. JJ <laughs> um, Watt, there was a period, and and I was fortunate enough to be around, and I know you were. Um, there was a period. I always I, I remember at one point referring to it as Beatlemania, and I, I think I got some comment from some editor or staff member like uh, Beatlemania was so much bigger. I'm like, do you not understand that by me even comparing Watt Mania to Beatlemania? that that tells you how crazy it was here for, for Watt. If I even draw that comparison, it's intentional. I know it can't compare to the Beatles and, you know, kids screaming at the stage and all that stuff and chasing them around wherever, New York or London, uh, Liverpool. But it was kind of close because J.J. Watt would, during training camp, like walk down the side and I thought the side was going to collapse because people <laughs> were pushing and screaming and freaking out and waiting in line for for two days, like they were buying, you know, Nirvana concert tickets in 1993. I I've never seen anything like it. We might never see anything like it again. As popular as Deshaun Watson has been the last couple of years, he can't even touch J.J. Watt's popularity. J.J. Watt, the Texans were always, you know, they were never seen as true contenders. J.J. Watt, it didn't matter because there was a period where he was the most popular player in the NFL um, and, and had grandmothers and little kids and dogs. I mean, you would see dogs with J.J. Watt jerseys on and sweaters on. My, my dog has never met J.J. Watt and he's a huge J.J. Watt fan. <laughs> it's like, that's how big Watt was. And the Texans were never great. You know, they, they, they still haven't won a division around game. They always flatlined in the playoffs. So you, you, you take that with the accomplishments, three-time defensive player of the year, the fact that he will be in the Hall of Fame, hopefully where a Texans you know, you don't wear caps in the NFL, but, you know, represent the Texans in the Hall of Fame. Maybe could be Andre Johnson in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a fun conversation. I guess Dre would get in earlier because he's already retired, but I think it'll take Dre a few years. Watt will be mm -hmm. a first ballot. And then you factor in Hurricane Harvey in 2017. And, I mean, it started with, like, grassroots 
internet GoFundMe or whatever. I'm going to raise yeah. a little money to help people out. And he ended up raising $37 million. Um, there's, there's never been anyone in Houston sports history like JJ Watt and it's, and he won't be replaced. All right. Well, I'm glad we ended on a fun uh, on a fun topic yes. there with, J with JJ. Uh, maybe he goes to the Steelers. His brother's already asking him to go there. So Brian Smith, always a pleasure, man. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me on. So that was Brian T. Smith of the Houston Chronicle. Always nice to talk to him. One day we're going to chat about good things, about good things in Houston sports. There was a we had a heyday. We definitely had a heyday here in Houston sports. It was about three years ago. Deshaun just burst onto the scene. The Astros were winning World Series titles. They went back to another World Series. But now in the last 19, 18 months, actually since April of last year, the Texans, or from March of last year, I should say, February, I don't know, something like that. It all gets jumbled up, man. They've lost DeAndre Hopkins. They could lose Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien's gone. Brian Gain is gone. J.J. Watt is gone. Uh, it's just depressing with that football team. Luckily, baseball season's right around the corner. The Astros are still good. But back to J.J., one quick moment. Before we wrap this thing up and end the week in this chilly, chilly weekend that we're about to see. They want to be, JJ, bad timing, dude. We have bad weather here in Houston, man. Oh, oh God. It's going to make this weekend even harder. But, uh, but anyway, my thoughts on JJ Watt is this. And, you know, I put a story together for the newscast. You can check my Twitter feed, my Facebook page if you want to go watch it. It's just kind of a brief snippet. Like, there are very few athletes that earn the right to be adored. Right, like truly adored. J.J. Watt is one of them. Like ever since he came to Houston, I remember the first time that he got here. He went to the Arrows game before he actually got introduced. I, I want to say it was before his introduction, his press conference being introduced. Now he got draft he, when he got drafted. Everybody booed him. I I, I thought that he was going to be a good player. Never did I think he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I remember watching him at Wisconsin. He was a menace. That last senior game, his senior day at Wisconsin, he played Northwestern. I remember this game. We lost by like 50 points. He was a menace. He was in the backfield all the time. He destroyed our offensive line, destroyed them, and was in the backfield constantly. And I, I, I saw him play there. I saw him in the Rose Bowl against TCU, and I'm like, man, that kid can be good. And when they drafted him, I'm like, oh, that, that's something because they needed a pass rusher at that time. Peyton Manning was still in the league. They were trying to get after him a little bit. So they needed somebody like J.J. And I thought, okay, well, that, that's, not, that's not a bad move. That's, that's a good move. I think he's going to be a good player. But ever since he got here, he went to that Arrows game, put the Cowboy hat on, and fully engrossed himself in Houston and what it was to be a Houstonian, what it was to be a Texan. He not only was great on the field, and that you know people love athletes because they're great on the field, but they adore them because of what they do off of it. And simply put, what J.J. has done off the field here in Houston is second to none. I mean, he is a true Houston icon, a legend. Uh, what he did for Hurricane Harvey, raising the $37 million, lifting people up during the time of need was just tremendous, a grassroots effort. He started it, named the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for uh, his efforts there. Everybody started chiming in chipping in, just a truly spectacular effort on his part. Then going above and beyond, going to see the victims of Hurricane Harvey, going to homes, making sure the money went to the right places, like everything. All the videos, all the autographs, surprising kids in the hospital, like you name it. Like the guy got it. It was never an act. 
And I really got upset at people that accused him of just doing all this for the attention. Like, it was never, never an act with J.J. I talked to him several times, one-on-one conversations. I got the pleasure to meet him multiple times, talk to him. Um, I got to know his wife, Kaylea, too. Just a great couple. Um, and he, he was just a genuine person. Like, what he did... I mean, how many guys can hold a charity softball game in a baseball stadium and sell it out? I mean, that that is the impact that J.J. Watt had here in town. And um, and we're going to miss him. We're definitely going to miss him. I don't know where he's going to end up. I think he probably plays with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Pittsburgh, it was great this year. Kind of fell apart there towards the end. Some, some issues on either side of the ball. But I... You know, the opportunity for him to go play with his brothers is probably a tremendous thing for him. I, I wouldn't bet against that. I, they've got to be the favorites. You know, I heard an argument about people, um, veterans that are looking for a championship, wanting to team up with Tom Brady at this point, the success that he had in Tampa. That team is still loaded. They're going to have some some cap space available. Some free agents are going to hit the market. They may not sign. Maybe J.J. wants to go there, try to win a title with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Maybe go back to Green Bay, go to Chicago. The options are there. He gets to pick his team, and I think that's the best part about all of this, that he gets to pick where he wants to go. And um, I'm happy for him in that sense because this situation here in Houston has completely fallen apart. It is a disaster of epic proportions when we're talking about the NFL. Never seen this in the NFL. We've seen it a couple of times in baseball, but I'm happy for J.J., He's out of this mess. He doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Go find a team that is close to winning a title. Go get you a ring, JJ. And then come back to Houston and celebrate with all of us here in town. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to go in as a Texan, although you don't wear caps in the Hall of Fame, like uh, Brian T. Smith said. You don't wear caps there, but he's going to go in as a Texan, along with Andre Johnson. Those two guys are Hall of Famers for the Texans. And, um, and we can party then, JJ. But good luck to you, sir. We end the week saying goodbye to the uh, biggest star the Texans have ever had. J.J. Watt is gone. He moves on to a team with a better chance to win the Super Bowl while the Texans continue to figure out what the hell they're doing. Thanks for listening on this podcast. We're going to get back into some other happier notes next week when we return. Hopefully get some of those interviews. This week I was kind of under the weather earlier in the week, my son's birthday. I couldn't get as many podcasts up. But we will get into some of that stuff next week. Stay warm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay at home. You guys do the same. I'm having trouble listening to you, Siri. Butt out, please. I will talk to you guys later. See you later.